Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You only get tested maybe at this level once in four years, you know what I mean? You got a balls to kick them. So England in possession. And much of this ball and it it away again. Toby Flood. Don't scores. sink! This is not soccer. This is not soccer. Because in either game, life or rugby, the margin for error is so small. Hi again, and you're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Rugby World Cup podcast with me, Brendan O'Brien, and uh, my Irish Examiner colleague, Simon Lewis. Well, we finally left the 43rd floor of the Akura Hotel in Hamamatsu, but we're still up in the clouds as we're perched up in the press box of the Kobe Mizaki Stadium, where Scotland face Samoa later this evening. And it's already sweltering in here. Anyway, today's show was brought to you by the 100% electric Nissan Leaf, Ireland's best-selling electric car that could save your family thousands every year. Visit evsavings.ie to see just how much you can save by switching to 100% electric Nissan Leaf today. Nissan. Innovation that excites. So here we are, Simon, city number four of our journey around the main island of Honshu. Uh, we've had a very interesting introduction to Kobe, I suppose. Yeah, we've had the best and almost the worst of times uh, over the last couple of couple of days. Um, we're in quite a secluded bit of Kobe, which uh, we're missing the action, basically, Brendan. Um, it's a quiet bit of town where Ireland have based themselves, to say the least. It's an island. Some people have referred to it as Shutter Island. I don't, let's not be too harsh, but uh, it, is, it, is, uh, it is quiet, let's put it that way. Not many dining uh, options. Um, we'll have to venture further. I, you've had a bit of an adventure, though, yourself, whilst I was slaving away writing a CJ stand-up piece for... For Tuesday's Irish Examiner, you were off uh, sampling some local hospitality. I was indeed. I, I did the Japanese onsen experience this morning, the hot an baths. An onsen is a hot bath and hot spring, basically, because obviously Japan's volcanic geography makes it ideal for all these hot springs. So we went out up to the hills above the city. And, um, well, let's just say it was an interesting experience. Maybe a dozen or so Irish and Scottish journalists, so pasty FC, as you might call, all butt naked in a hot spring up above the hills of Kobe but a fantastic experience um, if you're going to come to Japan you kind of have to indulge and I think in fairness to everybody that we've been talking to and everybody we've been hanging around with I mean, everybody's been very open to things haven't they I mean everybody's been very 
there's no picky eaters, um, you know, that kind of, I think everybody's been pretty good that way. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, there have been some strange dishes, shall we say, <laughs> that we've met that we aren't used to, that aren't strange to Japanese people, it has to be said. Um, I saw a picture of some fish heads uh, yeah. neatly packaged uh, on a supermarket shelf earlier today, um, amongst other things. I'm sure I had a croissant with kidney beans in it <laughs> earlier today. So, um, yeah, you've got to dive in feet first. Definitely. But uh, I suppose our focus on the podcast today will be very much on... Um, on Ireland, who arrived here in Kobe just ahead of us or behind us yesterday, which was Sunday. And, of course, they came here in the wake of that incredible 19-12 defeat to Japan at uh, the Akopa Stadium in Shizuoka on Saturday. And I suppose it's been a very interesting couple of days to see, I suppose, what you'd have to describe as the fallout, really. And there's been certain people at home, I suppose, have been painting this in calamitous terms in worst-ever Irish sporting defeats. Um, I don't think anybody here would disagree that it was a very poor Irish performance, but um, it was at the same time a superb Japanese performance. But where, where, do we, where do you personally rank this? I mean, people will say about Japan, they are a Tier 2 nation. They lost 41-7 to South Africa before the tournament. They shipped 12 tries to Ireland here in uh, two tests in 2017. And yet, on the flip side, that was their fifth World Cup win in six games. So how have, how have you kind of digested it all? Yeah, Japan are a tier two nation, um, and Ireland were abysmal. Yeah. But they're the best two tier two nation in the world, and I'm not about to start making excuses on Ireland's behalf. That's not my job. Um, but the, Japan's credentials, I don't think, should be dismissed. They are number nine in the world. They've, they've gone up since uh, into the top eight. So are they now a tier one nation? I'm not sure how you work these things out. Ireland have, have now slipped to number four in the world rankings. So... Um, they're the host nation playing in front of a packed stadium uh, on a, in conditions that totally suited them. Maybe the conditions did play against Ireland. Uh, again, not an excuse. What it does point to, though, is awful Irish consistency. Mm. From, from going from that unbeaten 2018 to this flip-flop, uh, in terms of performance levels, is a serious concern. And CJ Stander was asked today, is it nice to to fall back on the England defeat, 57-15 in Twickenham, to know you can bounce back? But that was only three games ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. How, how long does the bounce back last? Bounce back ability has a shelf life, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> there's only so many times you can bounce before you start getting a headache. <laughs> <laughs> it's, very, it's very true. And, I mean, you look back to that, they had to come back from... Uh, the opening Six Nations lost to England. And Johnny Sexton referenced all this. And then they had the defeat in Cardiff at the end of the Six Nations. You had the Twickenham disaster. And now they have Japan. So that's four times in a calendar year where this team has its back up against the wall. And, uh, you know, look, it's two days since the game, so there's no point in going back into the minute of it now. But the question now is, as we face into their next pool game against Russia here in Kobe on Thursday, is how do Ireland go forward? And, I mean... <clears throat> It's been very interesting. We've mentioned Sexton and, and Stander, who were up for media duties since the game already. And both were asked about the style of play and this criticism of Ireland that they're too one-dimensional, there's no plan B. And yet both of them have said, no, we don't need to change what we're doing. We need to do what we're doing better. And I thought Sexton was very interesting, saying, look, this is on the players. Anytime mm-hmm. Joe Schmidt has told us what to do and we've done it, we've won. So, look, they're going, they're going to do what they have to do against Russia and Samoa, but... 
do, do they need to mix it up a little bit against um, a possible quarter-final opponent? I think they're going to have to. I mean, that as, as good as those performances have been against the likes of New Zealand and South Africa, there wasn't anything that surprised New Zealand or South Africa in those wins. Um, and, you know, every team, if it has ambitions to win a World Cup, has to have a plan B and a plan C and sometimes a plan D. Ireland were, you know, Japan signposted every aspect of the game they were going to target. As the music comes on in the stadium, we'll be all right. But, um, yeah, Ireland have to show a bit more ambition, I think. And Jack Carty, to be fair to him, in that first 20 minutes, no one was complaining about Ireland's game plan. He mixed it up. He, he took uh, Japan by surprise with those cross-field kicks. They weren't expecting those. And then it all stopped. So that, that's the issue. Why did they lose their way after 20 minutes? And why did they let Japan back in with that, that kind of indiscipline? Yeah, I, I, mean, I thought it was very interesting with Japan, even after the game. A couple of their back three were talking about the two early tries that Ireland got. Mm. And they were very dismissive about the two tries that Ireland scored, basically saying, well, anybody can score from a kick. Um, and Why isn't everyone kicking? Well, everybody is scoring from crossfield kicks in this World Cup. But even aside from that, again, when they were discussing, the forwards were discussing the last 20 minutes, they knew what Ireland were going to do. They all said as much, said we knew Ireland were going to come at us and try and physically overcome us. We were prepared for that. So, no disrespect again, Japan were excellent, but they're not a New Zealand or a South Africa. So if a Japan can do that against Ireland, well then you'd imagine a South Africa or a New Zealand won't have much problem. No, they won't. And, and that, that's the big fear, particularly if you count three games as your, your level of consistency, that's all you can manage, then that's, that takes you up to a quarter-final as well before the, the bounce-back stops. Mm. You know, it's, it, it, it is worrying. And Ireland have to dig deep now, and the coaches have to dig deep because something's not getting through, obviously, to players. They should know by now what's expected of them and, and what it means to... to at, to be absolutely spot on to execute a game plan because if that game plan then fa they fail to execute it there's nothing in reserve exactly so <clears throat> looking looking ahead to thursday ireland russia you know russia or russia they're, they're going to get five points um in a few days time anyway so what sort of changes well that, i suppose yeah what sort of changes how many changes where are the changes going to happen um in this Ireland team and this Ireland 23? Yeah, I'm not sure. And again, this is being dismissive of Russia, ranked 20th in the world. Um, Japan saw them off not playing at their best. Samoa beat them up and saw them off. Um, Ireland can't get sucked into a, a physical kind of arm wrestle because that's the, what, probably the one way where they will get exposed again. Um, for me, though, Japan have shown... The, the lower ranked teams the template to unsettling Ireland and, and that's you know they sign, as I said to you earlier that they signposted that they were going to double tackle ball carriers that they were going to attack the outside edges so Ireland have got to be really keyed into this and they're going to they can't just throw everyone out I mean there's only a 31 man squad you have to play with some people are going to have to double up uh, some people are probably going to have to play three games in a row um, Gary Ringrose has to have a, a new centre partner if he's going to play again or do you start mixing up and playing Jordan Lama at 13 or Keith Earls because Chris Farrell is injured uh, with a concussion it looks like Rob Carney will be fit again um, following his he failed HIA1 but he's failed H, 
HIA2 and he's the island camp seems fairly confident he'll get through HIA3 symptom free so that's good news uh, from from his personal point of view and um, it gives you know island need as many options as they can the back row is is a point of interest having lost Jack Conan um, to a a fractured foot Geordie Murphy's been in country he will have been in country 48 hours so he'll be clear to play because that's another rugby world cup rule that new arrivals can't just hit the ground running um, so there's some there's some options to play with. Um, I don't think you need to be too concerned about doubling everyone up again. I don't think you need to go full metal jacket against against Russia. Um, famous last words, of course. But um, <laughs> but um, there should be enough in reserve from guys who haven't seen some game time, perhaps yeah. like Sir John Ryan, tight head prop. Um, Maybe Robbie Henshaw will make a comeback. Maybe. We're still waiting to hear on, on the precise details of his recovery. We'll learn that tomorrow afternoon at the team announcement. But um, it's an interesting team for him to have to pick. I suspect they know he, exactly what team yeah. they were going to pick before, yeah. before the weekend. That, you know, doubling up after five days apart, two games, you have to make changes. And, and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you mentioned the back row, which is a very interesting situation. Obviously, CJ Stander has started both games, and he's the only recognised number eight in the squad yet. So let's have a listen to what CJ said when he was asked about that earlier. And second up, what he made about the humidity factor, which is going to be huge in Kobe on Thursday. Yeah, Jordy's uh, going to. He always fits right in. He's uh, he's been a part of this uh, team even before me. So we're looking forward to getting back in. Um, I think he's going to bring a good balance in that back row. He's someone that understands um, the game, and he's someone that's probably going to bring a lot of energy um, and, and probably again bring uh, his ball carrying his defence is, is, is very good. So looking forward to having. Yeah, look, I think in the, probably in the first game, you could probably say that, you know, I think we, we, it was really, really quite big difference from the first game to this game, you know, so um, it was was hot out there, but I think in the first 10 minutes, you just forget about it, you know, and just keep on, you have a job to do and adrenaline takes it away. Um, probably small things just like sweat, how to manage that, to have, have to get it off your hands and stuff like that, but it wasn't that bad on the weekend, it was a bit more in the Scotland game, so... Um, yeah, I can't talk for the rest of the tournament. So uh, we've, I think, we prepared well for it um, in our pre-season, and um, I think everyone looked well. What we need to do and how we can, how we can best prepare for the immunity, but it's not really a factor. Um, it's something that is probably in the back of a few people's minds, but it's not a big factor for me anyway. Okay, so that was CJ Stander from earlier on today when he was asked about the humidity factor, I suppose, and. Um, you know, Simon, players are going to play down any possible what might be deemed as excuses, but we're up here in the clouds at the Kobe Stadium. It's a couple of hours before kickoff, and it's like a sweat box already, isn't it? I mean, that's going to be a major factor come Thursday with the roof closed as well. Absolutely, a closed stadium, much like mil- the Millennium in Cardiff, the Principality Stadium as it's known now. Um, it ramps up the temperature, put it... 20,000, 30,000 people inside it as well and then there's, there's an awful lot of heat and um, there's going to be some sucking diesel to use a player's <laughs> parlance. Um, we'll see how Scotland fare um, in, against the Pacific Islanders against Samoa this afternoon, this evening. Um, <clears throat> I might give an indication. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park, put it that way, for, for Ireland on Thursday. Yeah, and worst of all, this evening my antiperspirant was confiscated on the way in. So, and you're sitting beside me for the game as well. So, best of luck with that. 
Um, before we leave that then, um, the indications are we're going to see Johnny Sexton back in the team against Russia. I mean, we talk about Ireland being inconsistent in 2019 and Johnny Sexton's been in and out for injuries. His form has been questioned as well. Um, <clears throat> it's a big game for Sexton and for Ireland as well, isn't it? I mean, he really needs to set the tone coming back in for this team. He does. Obviously, he missed the Japan uh, debacle. Um, he was recovering from a quad injury that he picked up a strain against uh, Scotland in the win. Um, he looked very comfortable in that win um, in terms of game management. Um, I don't think his form is an issue so much as, you know, what Ireland missed, I think, was that kind of leadership, if you like. And yeah. that's not to say Jack Carty didn't manage his team well for those yeah, first he, he 20 minutes. Yeah, he did very minutes. well. Everyone dipped after those yeah, first 20 yeah. minutes. He did do very well, I thought. Um, but Sexton, and, and Joe Schmidt said this time and time again, when Sexton's in the team, he brings a calm and an assurance to everyone around him. He brings out the best in Conor Murray. He brings out the best in Bundyaki. And, you know, that that's priceless commodity when in in a fly half that he the players trust him implicitly and he can steer a team home yeah and i mean you mentioned Corey, Connor murray as well didn't have a great game again at the weekend no, he didn't. there's been question marks over a lot of the ireland team leaders really isn't there the likes of peter manny who you know he doesn't look like he's 100% fit to me and hasn't maybe at various points this this year there was questions over Tyg Furlong's form earlier in the year. With Devin Toner out of the squad, you wanted Ian Henderson to step up and make a big statement against Japan, which he didn't. You know, even aside from the collective questions about Ireland, there's a lot of guys need to put their hand up and, and make a statement, isn't there? I think they do. I think you're absolutely right. And whether we'll see that against Russia is difficult to tell because Russia are... are beneath Ireland in the world rankings they're the minnows, they're rank outsiders no one is expecting Ireland to have any trouble apart from some stubborn resistance perhaps early on as they showed against Japan um, yeah there's, there's, there's enough statements to be made in this game on Thursday here in uh, Kobe under the roof because these players have to put their hands up for Samoa and for a potential quarter final. Let's not lose track of the fact that they're still on course for a quarter final here. It might not be against South Africa, it might be against New Zealand, but either way, it looks because that Japan results, Japan's win has has really put the pressure on Scotland now. And um, I was speaking to a Scottish journalist earlier today who uh, happened to be stumbling to a lift at the same time as Gregor Townsend. And um, nasty having watched the game Japan Island and said what do you think of that and apparently Gregor Townsend just bowed his head and started shaking it <laughs> like as if to say what the hell has gone on here yeah. this isn't this hasn't done us any favors no, at all no. so that's put the pressure on Scotland they need maximum points out of this um, this game tonight and and they've still got to play Japan so yeah. it hasn't done them any favors but that has consequently maybe knocked them out yeah. of, of the, the reckoning for Ireland to uh, have to deal with. Yeah, and it's, it's a fair point that you make. If, if Ireland do what they have to do and are expected to do, they'll be fine. I suppose the other, the other big game of the weekend, which was totally overshadowed by events in Shizuoka uh, for obvious reasons, was Wales versus Australia. Um, cracking game, really good game of rugby. Um, you look at some of the style of rugby that both teams played and the expansive nature of it and you think hmm it'd be nice to see Ireland play a little bit like that 
But again, there's a big talking point with contact in the tackle and the high tackles and what constitutes a penalty and a yellow card and a red card. And the main one was obviously Samu Karevi on, on Reese Patchell. Um, you know, Michael Hooper, the Australian captain, was very, very uh, upfront with the referee in, in asking... Almost as upfront as Reese Patchell in contact. <laughs> <laughs> and therein lies the rub. I mean, there was a penalty given for it eventually. Um, for those who didn't see it, Samu Karevi uh, was carrying the ball, um, was holding the ball up against his chest. Reese Patchell basically stood up to him terrible tackle technique Karevi went into him and his left forearm kind of rose up and made contact maybe with the throat area was a penalty the right decision there? I think it was in as much as it was you know Michael Hooper called Reese Patchell out for exactly that terrible tackle technique um, it, was, it was into the chest the initial contact and the arm rose up as you say um, it's a tough one I, I think the penalty was the maximum um, sanction that the referee could have applied, really, to be honest. But um, it just points to the fact that you know referees don't decide on intent; they they make their decisions based on outcomes. Look at CJ Stander against South Africa a couple of years ago or three years ago. Yeah. Now it's all about outcome, whether they like it or not. And um, Patchell ending up in a heap, ironically, five minutes after he'd done something similar, is uh, it was the outcome and and that's what sways these decisions yeah well there's plenty more big rugby games coming up and some not so big uh, New Zealand have named an enormous team to take on Canada on Wednesday and obviously our, our interest in New Zealand has been renewed since the weekend uh, Ireland play Ireland play Russia here in the Kobe sweatbox on Thursday uh, Simon and I will be back on Friday with the next edition of the podcast so you have been listening to the Irish Examiner Rugby World Cup podcast with the Nissan Leaf, the world's best-selling electric vehicle. Book a test drive today at nissan.ie. Nissan, innovation that excites. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.